That sounds pretty speak, toxic to me. Speak real how we speak. <sighs> like, we have strong opinions on this. Man, it's it's sorry. It I'm is. just going to be honest. It it's is. sorry. This, it, is, it's be, like this for, is too faux authenticity. You're this right. is something that we don't condone. I think it's it's icky and it's gross. And if that's what you do, you might want to question something. You might want to question that. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Till the Wheels Fall Off. I'm Matt. I'm Paige. And we are picking up right where we left off from last week in our Boundaries series, a three-part series. This is part two, following up part one from last week. If you haven't already heard that one, I suggest you go back and check that one out so that this makes some sort of sense to you. Mm -hmm. So last week we covered what are your values, what your values are. And that's where we start when it comes to setting any kind of boundaries, really discovering what are we about in part two, we're going to discuss the opposite of that. What are your anti-values? The opposite of those. What are the things that make you uncomfortable? What pisses you off? And I, I like that we're going about it this way. Like I've said, I said, a lot of people cover boundaries, but they don't do it like this. Yeah. I think that this is a very succinct and a way that just makes sense. As you kind of roll through this, you have to figure out what your values are. Now let's figure out what disturbs me. What disturbs me? So... Mm-hmm. And Paige put this series together and I cannot thank you enough for digging into this and doing the brain damage to get us here because I think it's going to be helpful for a ton of people. Well, the experience helped as well. The experience helped. So you helped. Thank you. I helped. Yay. <laughs> In a roundabout way. Just just being with you has helped. <laughs> I'm the guinea pig in this deal. Okay. So as discussed, we discussed values in our last episode, things that are important to us. So let's look at the actions and behaviors that make us feel uneasy or disrespected. So think of a time you were in a conversation or an argument with someone or you're in an uncomfortable situation. It just made you feel awful. It made you question your reality. And sometimes these are just gut feelings. Like something's just off when you spend time with these people. Maybe you find out that they're going to be at a gathering that you're going to as well. And you just sort of have that. Like, you know what I mean? That disdain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That feeling. Let's, let's focus on that for a moment because it is important. So Paige, walk us through some examples of what some of these things are. Some of these actions that make us uncomfortable. Cause I think on the surface level, we all know what it feels like, but it's really hard, especially as a codependent to focus on what the actual action was, because first of all, we don't know who we are, what we stand for. So once you've done that and let's discuss some of these, the actual things that cause the angst. Okay. So the first one is yelling or shouting at someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a lot of experience with that one. Jeez, do we ever. <laughs> I don't want to derail us too quickly here because I know we just started the episode. Well, but- no, we're going to go through example. We're going to go through these examples and then we're going to tell y'all what we have dealt with in our own personal lives with these examples. And chances are, if we've dealt with it, you've probably dealt with it to some degree as well because yeah. we are not special. We nope. are just people and... Yelling or shouting has always been a big one for me. So in my in my home growing up, there was a lot of yelling and shouting. And that's how communication was done. It was usually done at decibels that would just pierce your ears. And to this day, this is like this makes me just shrivel and cringe when people get loud. Mm-hmm. Especially in like disagreements. Like we don't have to yell to talk. We don't mm-hmm. have to yell to disagree. We don't have to yell to get our points across. I think that once you've done that, you've kind of lost like like <laughs> once your vocabulary is spent and you have nothing else, you just start yelling. It's just a, to me, it is a sign that you do not know how to communicate. 
Yeah, it's really and tough. you've lost all control. So I was a yeller, and Matt used to tell me all the time that he would divorce me if I kept if yelling. If you didn't figure out how to fix this, man. You know that, right? You remember you said yeah, that. Yeah, I remember saying, like, dude, I you will said just that all the time. This like, cannot he keep up. hated the yelling. And I have to say, it has been a challenge to not yell. And I think I've done a pretty damn good job at it. You have. You've I've done got, an incredible job. I've You've gotten done better. So much better. Like there are times, of course, that I will I will raise my voice because I am kind of loud and it does it's run not in all my or family. Nothing, no. It's you know, but I used to do it so out of out of habit. Like it was just how I communicated. And it is not a good habit to have. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your work on this one because it's made things much more pleasant around here. And for our children. They're also growing up in a home where yelling isn't the preferred mode of communication, which right. I think is important for them and their children one day as well. Yes. And so breaking generational curses here. Absolutely. So we put boundaries in place for that. Like that's something that we can show you as an example yeah. as yelling. That's an example of something that may make you feel uncomfortable. Yep. The next one is going to be interrupting or talking over others. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to let you talk on that one. So uh, once again, I've, uh, I've had someone in my life that was really bad about this, where you could be in a conversation with them and they just conversations. It's I use the word conversation carefully because that's what things are supposed to be. Even when you disagree with someone, you have a conversation about it. But what typically how these things roll was this person would just talk at me and you know, I've got a perspective here. I've got feelings. I've got things I need to express. And when you're not allowed to do that, it's extremely frustrating. And so with, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves into, into the next episode, but I did set a boundary here. A lot of the communication was over the phone, but some of it was in person. And when things got too heated, I would just calmly say, if you're not going to let me talk with you, then I'm hanging up the phone. And then I guess they would just, you know, call my bluff and they would keep talking and yelling and being rude and saying ugly things. And I would just hang the phone up, calmly hang the phone up. And then I would block the number. And I would might leave it that way for a week, two weeks. And like, I'm just, I'm not dealing with this. You are not going to treat me this way. It's not okay. I don't care. It's, this is where I'm at with it. And if I'm in the room with this person, I'd calmly walk out and I would just leave. And that's my way of telling you, this is not how you are ever going to be able to communicate with me. If we're going to have a relationship, we're going to talk like civilized people. Right. I think that's great boundary. And that was a great example. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. There's a lot more That's not me. We'll I don't, I don't really time. interrupt people. No, you're, you're the best <laughs> listener I know. Because I, I know how it feels. Now, with children, though, it's another thing that you can help with setting boundaries because kids are always going to interrupt us. It's just kind of how we're wired. They don't know any better. So you can practice with your kids if they're interrupting you and be like and say, you know, I uh, we don't interrupt people. If you keep doing it, I don't recommend blocking your kid for two weeks, but <laughs> no, I'm not saying to go that <laughs> little ex- Johnny's like, but I'm hungry. <laughs> not talking about to that extent. Cause that's different. Children don't know any better. Grown yeah. adults should know better. They, okay. Sh- they should. And if they don't, you're going to teach them. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. So the next one is going to be invading personal space. Um, I don't like my personal space to be invaded. I think it's kind of an HSP thing for me. Yeah, I think it's a mom thing too. It because is. you grow up with these little monkeys I, crawling all over you. Yes, I was going to see you just interrupted me. That was rude. I Dang, wasn't done I'm talking. I'm sorry. I did it again. <laughs> Please don't walk out of the podcast. We've got to get this out to the people. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, what I was going to say, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm not sorry. Off, off mic. I'm over here laughing. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you again. 
Go ahead. Proceed. Do you think you interrupted me or did you feel like it was appropriate for you to speak at that time? Uh, I thought it would just be funny if I said something at that moment. Okay. Well, you kind of put words in my mouth because I was going to say, I think it's a mom thing because the first like five years of your children's life, they're constantly on you and they're all in your space and in your area. And it's okay. It's okay. I understand that. But now as they're older, I'm like, I need space because I don't like to be touched. And I know when you don't want to be messed with too. Like, you do know. Yeah. You've you got know my body language. You've got an energy so loud. Like I can hear it. And I'm like, I'm not messing with her right now, man. I can't I think I came home on Friday and you, you were in, you were in that mode and you're just like, I just don't want to be messed with. Don't touch me. Don't even come within six feet of me. Like you put a circle around you, like one of those spirit circles of salt. You're yeah. Like, don't come near me. Yeah. So do you think that this would also apply for people who are like reading your notes or your journals or reading things that are personal to you. Would that be invading personal space? Without a doubt. I don't think it's just your personal, like your, um, like your immediate space around your person. I think it's your things as well. Yeah. Yeah. Reading someone's journal, like we can get into that. That's a whole nother level of breaking Mm -hmm. trust and crossing boundaries. But yeah, yeah, I think that it also has to do with your things and the things that you hold dear and things that like are sort of extensions of you. Yep. So yeah, I think that that's more than fair. And I think that you could also look at this, like if you work with someone who's a close talker, we all know close talkers, you know what I'm (laughs) talking about? You ever worked with one of those guys? Oh my gosh. Yes. The person just popped into my head from back in the day, man. What is with that? Like get out of my space. That is not appropriate. I, I I knew one of these guys and I, I did this. This is a work thing. And he would get so close to me and like, he was also one of those guys when he'd be telling a story, he would like aggressively like smack you on the back or like touch your shoulder and like pull you down. And it's like, I remember just telling him, just putting my arm my hand on his shoulder. I was like, give me some space. And like dead serious just said it. And really? Yeah, he stopped doing it. But that's awesome. I think it, it killed him to not do it because that's just how he was, but it just made me uncomfortable. I didn't like it. Well, good for you for speaking up. A lot of people wouldn't do that. Yeah. Can you think of anything else? No. Close talkers. That was the last one. Okay. Um, The next one is going to be excessive criticism or nitpicking. What do you got to say here, Paige? Uh, What do you have to say for yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That, that, that was me. Um, I was very excessive at criticizing. Um, I kind of, that was part of my upbringing in some aspects. So it was kind of inbred in me to where we would like, I would criticize you. I would, want you to be a certain way. I would actually point out your flaws or your mistakes. And it's like, damn, that's wrong. I swear that sometimes like walking into your house as a teenager, it's like it was a frat house. And soon the moment you walk in, everyone is just like dissing you and dogging you and messing with you. And it was like, I'm an insecure 15 year old kid. Like, and I just left the barbershop. I'll never forget it, man. I left the barbershop and I came over and I knew that my haircut didn't look that great, but I walked in and Paige is like, you look like Hillary Swank from Boys Don't Cry, <laughs> which is a hilarious cut down, but it killed me, man. I'm sorry. Worst haircut I've ever had. I'm sorry. Worst haircut I've ever had. It was uh, Hair Sensations in Rowlett, Texas. Don't go there. That is true. Didn't mean to hurt anyone's business. But, but. I mean, it was, it was all out of love, though, growing up. The criticism was not meant, the intentions were not meant to hurt people. But that doesn't mean anything. You know, it's still... It still hurts people. Criticizing people sucks. Like nitpicking. What did I nitpick? Is there anything that I nitpicked? 
You're not really nitpicky. It was just criticism. Okay. It was really criticism. It wasn't like the nitpicky stuff. Yeah. And that's one thing I admire about you. You've never criticized in a way, you know, that made me feel less than. You know, nitpicking though, um, I do know someone in our lives that does this. And I think that I'm looking, I'm thinking about like my circle of people, your circle of people and other people I know. And I can identify about four or five of them. And I don't know why, but these are usually like elderly women, like grandmothers or like in-laws. And it's like, I don't know what it is about like the elderly mother figure, but they're nitpicky, <laughs> nitpicky and critical, you know, it could be a generational like They're always telling too. you like you're slouching, stand up straight, like stuff like that. You know, yeah. it's never anything like super harmful, but I guess it can be nitpicky. Yeah. But it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah. So. All right. This one's going to be fun. Ignoring or dismissing someone's feelings or opinions. And on to the next one. (laughs) (laughs) I love how we have experience in all of these. It's kind of cracking me up. This one's painful, but let's go through it. Okay. You want me to start it? Yeah. Well, okay. So Matt had a very, this is definitely Matt dismissing me and my feelings and my opinions, obviously we we've, we've talked about how he's dismissed my opinions before and my values, whenever he was using. Um, but when it came to my anxiety and, uh, going through panic attacks and being very uncomfortable, he dismissed me heavily. He wanted me to just change. He thought I was crazy. He was like, this is stupid. He would say really negative things towards me. Um, and what do you got to say about it now? Ignoring or dismissing someone's feelings or opinions. Yeah, this one's like, it's rather serious for us. I think that there are points in your relationship, especially when you're younger, you get together with somebody and without, I think intuitively, we all know that like you can't change other people. But I think there's another part of us that sort of finds the gray area there. And they're like, yeah, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't try to make people better. Shouldn't try to improve people, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that for the longest time I looked at, your anxiety as something that I could help you with. But what I was really doing every time that I was trying to quote unquote help you is I was invalidating your emotions. I was invalidating your state of mind and I was invalidating your experience. And that took me quite some time to figure out because I thought that it was something you could just fix with a couple of mind games, a couple of mind tricks. Like not that I was like manipulative, but just like showing you like, you know, everything's okay. It's calm. It's fine. It's good. And that is not how you support someone with anxieties by telling them it's not, it's not real. It's not, it doesn't exist. It's mm. it, you shouldn't have it. And this took me quite some time to figure out. And like, I'm ashamed to sit here and say this, but I'm just being honest and authentic is that I, I did these things at one point in our relationship. And it's, it's been something that we've really had to work through on a personal level as well, because there's wreckage from that. There's a lot of, there's a, a lot of parts of you, I think that are still scared to be vulnerable with, with me when it comes to anxiety. Absolutely. And it's trust that I'll have to earn back over maybe decades. I don't know, but I'm ready for it. I'm ready to do it. And I understand that what I did was wrong and I'm just trying to make right by it now. But yeah, this was a really tough one. I think it's a, when you look at, when you look at all of these that we're going through, this could be the most commonly shared of -hmm. all of them is like feeling unsafe in your own emotions in your relationship. When someone ignores or dismisses your feelings or your opinions, they're essentially saying that the way you feel is wrong. The way you are is wrong. You ought to be this other way. And it doesn't leave them feeling motivated. It leaves them feeling 
ashamed and it makes mm-hmm. them feel like they don't matter unworthy yeah. right yeah yeah did i cover that like did, what did i know you did there? great it did, um the only thing that i wanted to touch on with that is the way that you became aware of this uh what you were doing is that we saw you know we went to therapy we went to couples therapy mm-hmm. together therapy's great and yeah. it really did open his eyes to a way of handling it better and i thought that was awesome and i'm really grateful because every time that something like comes up and I, I do get vulnerable with you and my emotions and how I'm feeling. You are so much better than you used to be. And that's building the trust back slowly and surely, but it's like every single time it's built up just a little bit more. Yeah. And without therapy, we probably never would have seen that. We had to have an no. outside voice. No. Cause yeah, you couldn't, I couldn't tell you, you weren't going to listen to me just like when, you know, you were in an addict, you weren't going to listen to me then, or, and I'm not going to listen to you during the anxiety. So that's, we had to get help yeah. from somebody else. A quick break in the action to let you know about an exciting development in the Tufo universe. When we started this thing, we said we would never work with an advertiser or company unless it's something that we believed in and we already use. If you're looking for professional, affordable mental health care, look no further than Taylor Counseling Group, your trusted source for accessible therapy in Texas. Taylor Counseling Group believes that everyone deserves premium mental health care, regardless of their income level. That's why they offer reliable and affordable services at 12 locations across Texas. They've made affordability a priority. They are in network with most major insurance, and the standard private rate is only $100 per session, significantly lower than many other practices offering the same high-quality therapy. They believe that getting the help you need shouldn't drain your wallet. Scheduling an appointment is quick and easy with their convenient online booking tool. No complicated processes or long wait times. They value your time and ensure that you can access the care you deserve without any hassle. At Taylor Counseling Group, they believe in a personalized approach to therapy. The professionally trained counselors offer a diverse range of services, including individual counseling, couples counseling, family therapy, play therapy for children, and even specialized techniques like cognitive processing and existential psychotherapy. They're here to help you navigate life's challenges and develop a personalized treatment plan tailored to your unique goals. Taylor Counseling Group is your partner on the path to mental wellness. Experience professional, affordable care that puts you first. Visit their website, taylorcounselinggroup.com, or call them today to schedule an appointment and tell them Tufo Couple sent you. A link and phone number is going to be available in the show notes. And back to the action. Okay. And what's the next? The next one is engaging in gossip or spreading rumors. Um, this is a this is a behavior that makes me extremely uncomfortable. So if I'm in a situation where I feel like someone is gossiping, I will typically change the subject or I will not engage in the conversation. Or Matt said I do something and that he's witnessed before that I'd never really realized that I do, but I think it just comes naturally. What do I do? You stick up for people and you will you will make the person gossiping. You will create empathy in that person. Like I've heard people gossiping. We've been at a table with a bunch of people or something like that. And they'll be gossiping and you will be the one to stand up and in your own way saying like, you know, that person may be going through a bunch right now. Like, did you know this about them? Did you, and you, you pick them up and like you essentially in the kindest way possible, you shut down the gossipers Mm -hmm. by creating empathy and letting people know that there's more to people than what you're talking about right at this moment. And I always thought that was like the coolest thing that you did because you will stand up when everyone else is doing the wrong thing and do the right thing. And in that moment, you don't really care. Yeah. You're like, think less of me. I don't really care. I don't like you either. Yeah. And, And I feel guilty when I gossip with people. I mean, of course there's times where we'll probably say something or have an opinion and I'm like, Oh man, I don't really feel that way. That's not, not nice. But then I wonder, you know, why 
this is probably why I don't have a lot of girlfriends. This is one thing because I feel like some relationships are based on gossip. That's, that's what they're all based on. And I just don't, I don't tolerate that. It does not go with my values. Yeah, for sure. What's next? Making derogatory or offensive comments. Yeah. This one's pretty self-explanatory, but, um, think about people that you're around. Maybe you've got extended family. Um, maybe you feel different ways politically or about things that are going on in society. There are some people that use language that is uncalled for, uh, makes you feel uncomfortable, makes you feel like this is just not a place I want to be right now. This feels, ugh, it's gross. I don't like the conversation. I don't like what they're talking about. People that make discriminatory remarks or, I mean, sometimes for some people, it's even offensive humor. Like sometimes humor just goes too far. Maybe that yeah. joke was not funny to you. And these people constantly cross the line with that. It creates discomfort. And I mean, it'll stress you out. Yeah. That one's pretty self-explanatory though. I right. Think, I think right. I think we've all, someone like we've that. all dealt with this. I mean, yeah. we've even in our marriage, we weren't always kind to each other. No, we've said some hateful things to each other. Sure. I don't remember much. You called me well, Hillary Swank from boys. Don't cry. And I don't forget <laughs> it anytime soon. <laughs> I'll never live that down. It was funny. It was was funny. Solid burn. It was great. (laughs) All right. The next one is excessive questioning or prying. You had notes on this one. Um, well, it's just really, if, if somebody is upset about something and you go to them and say, Hey, is everything okay? And they're like, everything's fine. You know, ask a question again. Are you sure? Like, no, it's all right. Or do you want to talk about it? And they say, no, respect that respect that, um, you know, we don't have to question them constantly and try to like pull information out of them because they may not feel comfortable talking about it right now in that moment. Matt will say otherwise because women do play games. So the, uh, this can backfire and I'm just speaking from uh, a male's perspective and things that me and my friends have talked about is <laughs> you can like walk in and you can tell that your partner's a little upset about something. You're like, huh, do I take the bait? Sure. Okay. Hey, what's wrong? Nothing. Uh, seems like something's definitely wrong. Nothing. Okay. Well, do you want to talk about it? No. All right. Well, I'm, I'm here if you want to talk about it and then you disappear to the next room. And then when the fight inevitably does happen, you get chastised and criticized for not asking what was wrong. Well, that's their problem. Not getting it out. That's childish. That is not, um, appropriate communication skills. I'm just going to throw it out there because I did it too. I used to do that. I'm not going to lie because I didn't know what to talk about it or I wanted you to fight for me or something. I don't know, but it's exhausting doing that. So freaking exhausting. Just be open and honest or just don't say anything at all. But that's the whole point of this is don't, you don't have to pry. Some people don't like it when you pry and you get questioned constantly. And I think around, around particular topics, this might be more, more in line with like a boundary you would put up. Let's say that you've got a difficult relationship with somebody at work or something and you guys have agreed not to talk about this this thing at work because it causes problems in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people have this. It's like their job stresses them out like crazy and they come home and they bring it home. And then at some point as a couple, you agree like, let's just not talk about things at work. But you can't help that you're, it bothered you. So when you get home, your spouse will ask, well, what's wrong? And you just say, nothing. It's just, just nothing. I think that in that moment, since you've communicated about it, you know 
basically what it is. Let's just let them process it and get through it without prying and causing a fight. Yep. Because you end up right back to square one. Yep. Ultimately. Absolutely. So I think that's a healthy boundary to put in place for that. Agreed. For that behavior. Yep. All right. The next one. uh, So non-consensual physical contact. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, so we'll, let's get into this one in probably the easier of the two realms. The first one is like in your professional life. Uh, I haven't dealt with this. Well, actually, I guess I have. No, I have dealt with this. Mm. <laughs> I have actually. <laughs> I forgot about I that. Did too. <laughs> so this has happened to me. And if you're a woman, this has probably happened to you at some point too. Um, when someone touches you physically and you do not appreciate it. Like, I do not appreciate that. I, it was made me extremely uncomfortable. But this was going beyond invading personal space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Just throwing that out there. If this, if this episode gets 10,000 downloads by next week, I'll tell the story. But otherwise, <laughs> I'm keeping that to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, if I, I know that women have dealt with this much more than men historically in the workplace where someone has just made you uncomfortable, violating your personal space. Maybe it's even just like brushing up against your shoulder. Some little things like that. These are behaviors that make you feel uncomfortable. Now, the other part of this is within a marriage. And I think it's something that a lot of people probably don't consider because it's marriage, right? And so I think that a lot of, I'm going to speak for men here. I think that a lot of men feel that whenever you get married to someone, it gives you the right to treat them like a domestic prostitute Mm -hmm. where it's like, this is someone that you can just have your way with whenever you want. And they forget the fact that this is a person who has feelings and emotions and moods and they have, you know, their, their own needs and like, they don't necessarily meet yours. But I think that there's always been this, like, I don't know, this, like this toxic, this is, this is what people refer to as toxic masculinity, Mm-hmm. Which is like big, strong male going to take what he wants from female kind of monkey crap, you know, like yeah. apes and like really primitive stuff. But I mean, I think that for a lot of people, this is very real in their relationships. And you are not wrong to say that this makes me uncomfortable just because it's your husband. Yeah. I think that give yourself that that space to process that. I think that's fair. You're hearing it from me. I'm telling you it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's totally okay. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. Uh, microaggressions. Oh, yeah. We had notes on this one as well. Yeah. It's like household chores based on your gender. You know, like it's your the wife has jobs. The man has jobs. Like it's just. Yeah. Like I don't do dishes. That's a woman's job. Oh, really? Remember that rule book we keep discussing? Show me where in the rule book it says that. I'm looking for that rule book and I'm looking on what page and paragraph that's in. I'm sure there's. Like yard work, right? Mm-hmm. Like Paige has weeded it, y'all. Yeah. You should have seen it. She's out there whacking weeds like boss oh i need to repost that picture you wouldn't believe it man gonna, she's I'm out there in mud it. boots like yeah we would, we would tackle the yard like no one's business yeah then i come inside and put an apron on and me and you were doing dishes like no one's business yeah you know we don't necessarily have and like taking the trash out i'll take the trash out i'll I take have, the trash out i have no i have no beef with that like okay yeah but <laughs> but our the relationship's probably maybe a little different i would say yeah i'd say that we're pretty good at this um yeah. this isn't everyone's reality and i think that for some people there are these microaggressions that make you uncomfortable where it's like maybe you've got a chauvinistic person in your life that feels like there are women and there are men and men are somehow above that mm-hmm. or vice versa maybe that could go the other way maybe you're a man a man listening and like you're told that you're nothing and women are superior or whatever else but um, microaggressions can be really hurtful and make people uncomfortable yeah 
All right. So let's go through. So we just described some of the behaviors that make you feel uncomfortable, right? Some of these things, maybe you can live with some of them to some degree. Absolutely. What are non-negotiables though? Okay. So first of all, what's a non-negotiable? This is something that you're just not going to tolerate. Period. Right. I mean, like you can set a boundary up with these if you're comfortable, but if it is, um, if that boundary is crossed, bye. Like, no. But Matt and I have one specific non-negotiable that we've had since we've been together. And if either one of us does this, we are gone. And it is not even going to be a... No discussion. There's not going to be a discussion about it. There will not be therapy about it. There will not be work towards it. This is going to be like, peace out. You betrayed me so much and I'm gone. And that is cheating. Yeah. And that might be controversial because I know that some people have worked through it. Yeah. Uh, This is just our personal perspective on it. I think it's a wonderful thing if you're able to do that. Man, more power to you. Right. For us from day one, it's like, I'm going to give you everything. Yeah. And I expect everything in return. Please don't break that. Yeah. And that for us was always been one. It's like, uh -uh, uh-uh. It's like, no, I couldn't, I can't get past that. Um, I can't come back from that. So, and the other one that I think that, that I have for you is um, substance abuse. If you were to pick up a, a, a drink or if you were going to do pills or do drugs again, like I'm gone. That's my non-negotiable boundary these days. Yeah. Harmful addictions, any type mm-hmm. of harmful addiction. Yeah. And I think that that's a fair boundary to have considering my past. <laughs> yeah. Because and- when you have the harmful addiction, all this other shit comes into play with it. It's not just the addict or the alcoholic. It's the behaviors that come along with that. That is so bad for you. That I- just is so unhealthy in your relationship. I've even told you if I somehow convince you that I'm cool 30 years from now and I haven't touched a drink and somehow I've convinced you that it's cool for me to drink. Run. Yeah. Just run. Yeah. Go. Don't even say a word. Pack your stuff and leave because something bad is going on inside. Yep. Just get out, man. Yeah. We're in a bad place. Uh, some other non-negotiables might be lying. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that one. Um, so Matt lied to me a lot for many years. But the thing is, is that I was in such denial that I didn't know that he was lying because he was a damn good liar. But these days that's a non-negotiable for me because one of my values is, you know, honesty. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to lie to me, even small stuff like that just shows me that you don't respect me. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't lie. No, you don't. I would, even if it's like some really crappy news I have to deliver, I'm going to just be honest about it. It's really wild how you have shifted in that because I, you, like I said, you lied so much. It was, your whole life was a lie. Yeah. I was a and chameleon. Like everything was revolved around like half truths at best. Yeah. And you, you know? can't lie now. It's like a thing. No, it's like a uh, movie liar, liar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, exactly. Wish my dad could not tell a lie. Exactly. That happened to me. Yeah. And now I can't lie. And <laughs> even if I feel like I'm doing something like a little dishonest, I have a conversation with her about it. So we've got boundaries around what's discussed at work and what's not. And it's been something I've respected for a long time, but we were in the car together. We had a road trip. I think we we're driving down to grab the kids. It's like three hours in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've got something I have to discuss with you. Cause it's just, I feel like I've been dishonest here and I'm not sure I want your perspective on it. Now I have these same conversations with my, with my sponsor, my 12 step sponsor, and I do the same thing. I call him up and it's like, man, I need to bounce this off of you. It feels kind of borderline. And then you you talk about it. Even if it feels a little bit off, I'm having a conversation about it. Yeah. That's, yeah. 
honesty is one of my values as well. Yeah. It has to be, it has to be in order for me to maintain this, this life that we've built. Uh, another one, um, emotional or physical abuse. Yeah, that's so we, we talked about the emotional abuse when we talked about invalidating someone's feelings. And so another part of that would be physical abuse, mm-hmm. which is actually harming someone or putting them in a position where they feel like they could be harmed, like threatened, that kind of stuff that for a lot of folks, that's a non-negotiable. Yep. Absolutely not tolerated. Uh, another one is disrespect for boundaries. Uh, respecting personal boundaries and not tolerating others who consistently disregard them. Man, there are some perpetual line steppers out there in the world, Mm -hmm. as Dave Chappelle referred to them as. Mm -hmm. Um, Just people who just can't help themselves but by stepping over boundaries. And so if you've got someone like this in your life and it's like, you are a perpetual line stepper and I will no longer tolerate it, that can be a non-negotiable. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm just... It's probably best that we just don't communicate anymore. Yeah. It's also like that saying, um, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. That's how a lot of these boundaries come into play. I I always put that in my head all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, Now that's on me if I allowed you to keep doing it to me. Yep. Uh, Another one. This is is a big one too. Discrimination or prejudice. Yep. Uh, Rejecting any form of of discrimination from people. So whether that's based on race, gender, religion, sexual orientation, any, any characteristic of someone that is just innate in them. It's, it's congenital. It's something that these things are not tolerated. Like these can be non-negotiables. That is totally fine. Yeah. If, if you were married to a racist, like, and you say that's a non-negotiable, that's fair, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) Totally cool. Yeah. Like that's not normal behavior. Absolutely. More than fine. You put a, you put a non-negotiable boundary in place because of that. Yep. So these are things that make you feel uncomfortable. Once again, as we're kind of discussing this and these will in turn help you set boundaries, which we will discuss in our next episode. Mm-hmm. We've got a few more to roll through here. What's next? Betrayal of trust. Okay. Roll through that one. Having a strong stance against betraying the trust of others, such as sharing confidential information or breaking promises. You got stories here. I do have stories here, Matt. Um, betrayed my trust a few times back in the day. It's honestly one of the things that I haven't, I'm not resentful towards it, but it's something that I'm very uh, aware of, you know, when I do share certain things because he, I would tell him things in confidence and he would go and share that with people that he wasn't supposed to be sharing it with. And he would tell me that he shared it or I would find out through the grapevine that he shared it. And then whenever I would bring it up to him, he would say, that's stupid. Who cares? You know? So what if I said anything, if I said something, it's not a big deal page. And that, that kind of pissed me off. I mean, that's, you're betraying my trust. And it it should piss you off. Um, it was, it's, it's big deal stuff. It was not, it wasn't like little piddly crap. It was like something. And then I would tell someone that I trusted and I assumed that she would trust as well, but that's not the case. She was just telling me and she wanted it to stop there. And then, you know, yeah. So, at the point now where if I get information, it goes in the lock, it goes in the, in, in the safe and I throw away the key, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It stays there. But I do have to be careful on something. Yeah. That so. can be a, that can be a it's still, non-negotiable. That, that's taken a long time for that's me one, to one share of the more things. serious things. Yeah. Um, do the next one. Okay. So yeah, once again, kind of going back to the, the personal space, the touching consent, um, Violation of consent. This can be in a marriage as well. So respecting the importance of consent in all of your interactions. You know, I've heard stories where, and this is from men, where it's like they feel like it is a woman's duty to provide 
sex basically yeah and i'm like that is man i don't think that's how it works um i don't know maybe to each their own but that sounds like that sounds pretty toxic to me speak real how we speak (sighs) like we have strong opinions on this Man, it's it's sorry. It I'm is. just gonna be honest. It it's is. sorry. This it, is, it's be, like this is two faux authenticity. You're this right. is something that we don't condone. I think it's it's icky and it's gross. And if that's what you do, you might want to question something. You might want to question that because that's not yeah. I don't know. I like, mean, like in as a guy, like why would you ever want to be with someone who didn't necessarily consent to it? Like, even if it's your wife, like mm-hmm. it's not like that's not it's not enjoyable. No. And it's not intimate and it's not like, it doesn't build your relationship to a better place. It actually, that's like transactional, that, man. It is. It's transactional and it kind of breaks that trust a little bit. I think it's so screwed up. Like I just think about like me and you, like when I'm into you and you're into me, like this stuff just happens on its own. Right. You don't just force it. You no, know? no. And it's not like a reward system either. But I think for a lot of, a lot of people and probably a lot of women, like this is the reality they live in where it's like their husband is just like sort of forces themselves on them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's totally okay to say that that's not okay. Right. Like I am not your domestic prostitute. Like I am a human being. God yep. damn it. Like you can't treat me like this. And that's right. totally fine. Right. And there's a violation of consent there. Yep. Married or not. Like yep. I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to get into the legality of all this crap and whatnot. This is just how, how I feel about it. My perspective is that this is someone that you love and you chose. I mean, you you swore to to honor and to to hold dear and to respect, and that is anything but. Yeah. It's anything but. Agreed. And I can I, I can say for sure that I've never done this to you because what would be the fun in it anyway? I know. Like right? what would be the fun like, in okay. that? Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It feels. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we could have a whole conversation on this. So we're going to keep going on to the next one. I like to hunt and earn my dinner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All right. So we already touched on the harmful addictions. That can be a non-negotiable thing. Um, did you have anything to add on that one? On the, on harmful. the addiction? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, everyone's recovery looks different, right? And, for a lot of people, they will say something that I think is total BS, but people will say relapse is part of recovery. Okay. Is it a fact? Yes, it is. That relapse is part of recovery, but does it have to be? No, no. it doesn't have to be part of recovery. I've literally heard people before they went into treatment say relapse is part of recovery, which sounds to me like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Like they're just waiting for that moment. You're not serious about this, no. man. I am a one chip wonder. I picked yeah. up one desire chip, was which is an outward symbol of an inward desire to stay sober for the next 24 hours, as they You're say. You're so rare, but it's doable. But I picked it up, and I'm like, you know what? This is it for me. I'm yeah. doing this shit. Yeah. Relapse doesn't have to be part of this. Now, I don't know what happens tomorrow, and I've never sworn off of drinking forever, and mm-hmm. I refuse to do that. I'm not drinking today, because I got a tiny little like hamster brain, and the only way it works is if I say I'm not drinking today. I'm just going to do that again tomorrow and it's probably going to go well for me. Yeah. But to say that relapse is part of recovery. Okay. Yes, it is. But what is, what, what is the person's intention with that? Right. Yeah. Like there if, you go. if I were to get into a really bad space and go through another tough time and like I had a relapse, I don't think you would just walk out, but I think that things would be on extremely thin ice, Yep. extremely thin ice. And it's like, Okay, you've done this before. Obviously, something went wrong. But I think that at some point, that would be a non-negotiable for you if I continued with it. Mm-hmm. 
You know, and I listen, yeah, it's addiction to disease. Sure it is. Yeah, but it's also the most annoying disease that exists. Okay, that's a totally other episode. Okay, but... You're about to go down this hole. Well, because people are like, well, they're relapsing because mm-hmm. it's a disease. I know, but there's just so much more to it than that. Man, and we there's, have it's a treatable opinions. disease, and we'll get into that at a different time. Yeah, but we'll anyway, go off on when it one. comes to harmful addictions, if if this is something that's negatively, negatively impacting their life and your life, that is totally cool to say that this is a... Non-negotiable for me. This is a non-starter. Not even going further than that with it. Yep. All right, what's next? All right, the next one is unethical behavior. This is you. This is me. Go for it. If you were to do anything like unethical, I'd be like, bye, because that goes against all of my values. Mm -hmm. Like I just don't, you go rob a bank or you go do something that's, what what are some examples? I had I had it written down, and then I'm I of unethical behavior. Else. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Like, okay, like cheating on the tax on your taxes. Yeah, don't mess with the IRS, dude. Right, ever don't, don't do that kind of shit. <laughs> like, that would I've irritate the piss go out of me. Down for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else? I mean, if you're I don't know. I think so. My favorite show of all time is The Sopranos, and possibly my favorite character of all time is Carmela Soprano. As much as I love Carmela. She tolerated unethical behavior for a very long time. And she had the, 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 I love her story because she's, she lives in like this spiritual disgust with herself for what she tolerates. But at the same time, it's like, she likes the things that come with it. You Uh know, she kind of likes the thrill of it all. And like she's sort of in on it, but it still eats her away at the inside. Um, So if you live with someone that makes her living from unethical behavior and you're at a point where you feel like I'm just not doing this anymore. That's cool. Yeah. I think that that's fair because that if, if that goes back to one of your values, then that can be a non-negotiable on that value. Yep. All right. Lack of accountability is uh, the next one. Yeah, I was going to say it. What? I was going to say the next one. You beat me to it. Oh, I'm sorry. You take it. No, I was just going to say lack un, lack of accountability. That's a big one. This like, is like, yeah, this is this a big is one. This is huge. Like, big we one. both like expecting, you know, personal accountability and then refusing to tolerate a pattern of consistently avoiding responsibility for one's actions. I know I just read that, but like we are so big on personal accountability. You better take responsibility for your actions. This is like the biggest one for me. Yeah. Like we've taught, discussed, and I've said this before, it is a lost art mm-hmm. for adults to take accountability these days. And never more so in the types of relationships that we're talking about right now. And for our our listeners and for the people that are in our community, you know what I'm talking about. The lack of accountability will blow your mind. It's like you're dealing with a first grader. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, why did you, you know, why did you do this? Well, because Jimmy did it first. It's like, that's not how the life works when you're 40, man. And this one just drives me nuts. It drives me absolutely nuts because there are still people that walk around and every day, grown ass people with driver's licenses. (laughs) That don't know how to take personal accountability. Yeah. Like people who are late to work. Well, there was traffic. Okay. What time did you get up? Like I shouldn't have to have this conversation with an adult. We have an episode on accountability. If you want to go back and listen to it. Yeah. Well, I don't before I just lose my yeah, mind. You're going to go here. all the way down. It, but that's a big one. That's a big non-negotiable for us. All right. What's the last one? Mutual growth. Mutual growth. This is one of ours. This is one that we created here. Um, mutual growth. So till the wheels fall off doesn't just mean you stick by someone's side no matter what, because we just discussed 13 different non-negotiable boundaries that could lead to you deciding this person doesn't need to be part of your life anymore. Mm -hmm. What so the wheels fall off really means for us especially is like, I promise to grow no matter what. 
I promise to always try to get better no matter what. Like I have made a commitment to my personal and spiritual growth and I'm never giving up on that. Yeah. And in turn, I will hold you accountable. You will hold me accountable. It's not just saying no matter what you stick with someone because, you know, just because, yeah, because the rule book said so <laughs> stupid rule book, <laughs> stupid rule book. So yeah, mutual growth is one of our non-negotiables. Uh, I think the day that you see me just decide to mail it in and give up, you're going to be like, dude, mm-hmm. better get your ass up and get to work. I don't know what this is about. Yep. Remember our vows? Remember what we promised each other? Yep. This is a really, really, really important one for us. So We've gone through some non-negotiables. We've gone through some common things that may make you feel uncomfortable. And as you're working toward the boundaries that you want, let's do this. Keep your list handy from the first episode where you write, wrote down what your values are. And let's go so through some of these behaviors that we just discussed. And let's go one step further. Let's talk about the person attributed to each of the behaviors. Who are you setting boundaries for? Is it everyone? Is it your marriage? Is it your husband, your wife? Is it for your kids? Is it for your boss? Whoever it may be so that we can really become, we want to come right. We want to come prepared for the next episode when we really start to set these boundaries. So keep the list handy and listen on the next episodes and use these so we can go ahead and set some boundaries for you and bring some clarity to this process that everyone just tries to make too generic Yep, that we are not. We're trying to make this real for you guys. Uh, I think that's all we've got. Yeah. Oh, well, oh well, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. With yeah, our yeah, boundaries, yeah. yeah. But now we need to talk about what's going on in our life. A little bit, a little well, bit. So we've, you know that most people don't listen this late in the episode? Huh? What most do people don't listen this late. Most people stop listening. So if you're still listening, thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, you're saying like with the time. Uh, we've got some merch going and this is kind of funny. So when we started the merch thing, like I like designing, I just kind of enjoyed doing that and I wanted to make stuff for us. And then I was like, well, maybe other people would want to wear this stuff too. So on our website under store, uh, you can find some of it if you want, if you want to wear some of our stuff, I think it'd be the coolest thing ever. Someone to rep our merch, but it's out there and there's more coming. Uh, we've got some more done to today. Um, well, we're wearing them. Yeah, we're, we're so both wearing them. So you can check one. it if you're not watching us, we're going to be on YouTube. Yeah, and- check a reel, check on YouTube. You'll see. I think it's kind of dope stuff. It's fun to wear around the house. This is what we record and we record in sweatshirts. We chill in sweatshirts. Yeah, we do. Even in July. Yeah, this is this is our care. personality. This is what we are. Yeah, we do not care. So check it out if you want. Uh, we mentioned our community yep. earlier in the episode. It is blossoming. And we've got people in there who are sharing the same struggles and they're helping each other. And it is the coolest thing to watch yep. is to watch people help one another through incredibly difficult times who would have otherwise not found each other if they hadn't stumbled across a video or a podcast episode. And that is the greatest thing in the world is like to know that people are getting help because of something we built. Yeah. That is the, that's why we did this. Right. So check out the so awesome. community. Check out the community. Join up. If you're not already in there, you can post anonymously. If you don't want to share any intimate details about your life, I totally understand that. And that's why that feature exists. Or you can reach out to us personally. You can find all the information on our website, www.tufo.com. Uh, yeah, you can peep us there. It's got past episodes, guides, you name it. It's all available. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. Until next time, I am Matt. I am Paige. And we'll see you. Bye.